0: Well, welcome to the follow up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today I am joined by Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor, Allison Ocone, our community care pastor, or sometimes she likes to be referred to as our care pastor or our grief are, or many other titles. Do you have any that you can think of right now, Allison, that you like? Queen. Queen, okay. Yeah. <laughs> was waiting for that that's exactly what i, I was waiting for don't know why we messed with all the other ones <laughs> yeah. just go straight, straight to, to it, it. go yeah. straight, straight to it straight <laughs> to it and our very special guest who has been away from us for a, a short amount of time scott hetherington who spoke on sunday scott where have you been
1: where have you been
0: tell I'm, us all the places
1: i
2: wonder you've this, i wonder the same thing it's been kind of like a fog no i you know i think speaking a lot and then god bless cliff you know coming on board to do some of the speaking i've kind of got back to the rhythm and roll of school and doing things like that and looking forward to speaking still but not as quite as often as possible because Mm -hmm. we got cliff and brian
0: Allison, and other people that can speak just as well so well we've missed you for sure thank you hayden i missed you too buddy yeah well did you have any trips or vacation or were you just working
2: away um, I did take spring break and turned the trip of bringing my daughter home from college in Arizona to a three-day trip to Sedona as well with my Ooh. cousin from LA. So that was fun to see her and hang out in Sedona together. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was did, fun. Did, did you drive? drive? No, I flew down you there. Flew my over. arms are really tired, but it was still a good trip. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> a, but that's bummed. a dad joke right <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> That's a dad principal joke right there. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> Got him ready all for that went. at all.
0: Totally. <laughs> well, Scott, uh, did you how many how many weeks were you you out of the pulpit for? Was it was it only three? Three, I think. Three. Yeah, or, I don't think it was four. or Three.
1: Oh right, we had Easter in there too. Yes. Yeah. that was a big. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Sunday. it was it was great to have you up there, and I'm glad that you did not forget how to preach in those three weeks because you brought it yesterday, which was sorry you brought it on Sunday because this is. This is released on a Wednesday. I gotta keep the movie making magic up. So there you go. Yeah. Um I I have to ask, because when we were doing Letters to a Young Church, you were given passages to speak on. I'm actually unaware. Did you were you given the responsibility of creating a message or did Cliff have a topic and said, Hey, make this your own for this week?
2: Um Allison and Cliff gave me the topic of okay. forgiveness yep.
0: underneath good
2: news yeah and so i went from it from that point
0: yes and you i haven't i've not heard a sermon on uh philemon in a while what drew you to that text in particular
2: um it's it's a book that i've taught before going way back to my days back at antioch as a junior high pastor i think one of the first messages i ever did at antioch in front of the entire church was on Philemon around forgiveness, and I really wove it into a very long story and related it to how I journeyed with my dad when he left our left my mom and the family and talking about forgiveness through that. So it's a passage I've been familiar with, mm-hmm. and when I think of forgiveness, I go back to that passage just because how it lays out the salvation message and the whole part of how Paul talks to Philemon about Whatever he owes, you put on to me. And that, that transfer of true forgiveness. So mm. that's kind of what made me want to go that way. Mm.
0: I, I, I really liked it. I had, it was a different um, approach that I had heard to Philemon. Um, and it's one of those books where you, know, you can read it in, a, in one sitting very quickly. But the, the amount that you pulled from it was really, really cool. So I really appreciated that message yesterday. Thank you. Um, and I was excited to see yeah. where he was going to go.
3: Yep. With that, because when Alice and I did just tell him forgiveness, so I was anxious to see what scriptures he would use, we did have this presumption, I think, that he was going to use the Bible.
2: Yes. But, uh, yes.
1: Fortunately, yeah, I right. wasn't understood. I looked
2: a cat in the hat to begin with, but mm. I just couldn't pull enough theology out of
0: it. Really? Wow. Yeah. You know. Uh, Maybe for
1: next time. Yeah. Yes. But I was really
3: I was tickled by it too, because it yeah. just it just he did a great job of pulling that out. So yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you.
0: I have to ask how uh you had said that you had you had spoke at on this at Antioch a, a while back. When when you were told forgiveness, was it just like right away that's that's where I'm going with this message, or did you spend some time working through maybe a different idea?
2: Well, I'll be honest with you, I haven't ever preached Philemon in the context of good news before. And so <laughs> when I was talked about forgiveness, I thought about Philemon, but then I thought about You know, 70 times 7, I thought about the story of Peter. Um, I thought about David or, you know, Joseph and his brother. So I thought about a lot of different angles, but I really wanted to, I just really felt led back to Philemon. And then as I I was actually talked to Cliff a little bit about it on the phone, I said, I want it to be a good news message, not so much a who do you need to forgive or who have you not forgiven or how do you forgive? Because I feel that carries a little bit more of a longer message or more of a series And we're in this series called Good News. So I wanted to remind us, what is the good news of the fact that we're forgiven? And I think we walk around taking that for granted so often, we don't realize what does that bring to us when we're forgiven? Mm. What does that mean behind it? And so I went back to Philemon and read it through that lens and hopefully pulled out some good takeaways for people that they could think on and noodle on a little bit.
1: Good thing I wrote them down on a post-it note. Yes. Oh, there you go. Because <laughs> I am the <laughs> see if I can remember them iconic student see if here. I remember them. You can quiz so, me. So <laughs> I don't know if I got them all in the right order, but here's why it's good news that you're forgiven. Let's hear because it. Because you are valued. Was that first? Uh, you're useful. Yep. Worthy. Yep. And free. Yes. So, good news.
3: That is good news. It and is good news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Um, I think one of my favorite parts, you, you touched on it, um, was that transferring. It's not, and this is what you closed with. <laughs> so I know I'm going out of order in the podcast. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs>
0: We're going to go right l- to the end of the book and the I movie. Ha- I hope that no one's listening to this and has not listened to the message already because I don't think... They're this, all over the place. These podcasts will not make a lot of sense. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So who's just telling them, go back and listen to the message. Yeah. If you right, listened. so if
1: you listen to the last minute, you get the summation, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that
2: was the best part. Just clue in on those last four minutes, folks. <laughs>
1: no, it was the called at not keep that selfishly for ourselves, but to transfer it to someone Mm. else to transfer it. Right. Right. Um, so I, I was struck by that because I don't think I had equated that with selfishness before, but that, um, if you're forgiven and somebody has transferred, um, your debt onto them, it only seems fair or right or appropriate. And, the loving thing to do is to do that for other people too then.
2: Yeah, I wish I could think of the theologian now that I was reading that I've read that from before back to the parable of the two men, the, the, the man that was forgiven much debt and walking right out of that encountered somebody that owed him money and then threw him in jail. So that's where that whole, I, I'm blanking on his name, says, if we don't transfer what God has given to us and are willing to transfer that to others— then what's the point of salvation and Christianity and grace and mercy?
3: Wow, that's really good, yeah.
1: But that just, I, f- I feel like that hits the nail on the head for so many of us, because we're so grateful that we're forgiven. But then when we're asked to forgive others, we come up against roadblocks that keep us from that. And and so your, your message really helped reframe The message the call to forgive right that we can do that for others and should in a word that my mother my mother told me I should never use the word should on people Um, apparently (laughs) I don't know so anyhow I have shame around that word but we should forgive others so moving freedom towards that
0: yeah This might not be a great question, but I'll ask it anyways um when you were when you were writing this uh Scott, who did you find yourself identifying more with Onesimus or Philemon
2: um i've I've always found myself identifying more with Onesimus, but this mm. is where I take some creative liberty I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the author max, max Licato. yeah love the guy because i and I know he takes a lot of liberties with but this is kind of I think he's like Probably someone that's just inspired me by the way he writes and takes some creative liberties of how maybe some things played out behind the scenes. And I, I just, I wonder with Onesimus whether he truly was a runaway, and I think he was, or whether he had sought out Paul for his behalf to beseech, you know, some restoration. Going back to that environment, I don't know what he was carrying with him as to. I'm probably not deserving of what Paul wrote this letter about. Mm. And I feel like for me personally, being vulnerable here, I resonate with, I struggle at times, I don't feel worthy of what someone could forgive me or do for me because mm. I've not done enough to earn that or I've I've wow. messed up too much before to have that level of trust and reciprocation back to me at times. Um, so I think, and I don't know if he was feeling that way, but that's who I kind of relate to more in that story. Not that I don't relate to Philemon, but that's how I kind of felt Onesimus mm. might have been, like, going to knock on that door. Right, yeah. Right. Like, oh, man, okay, here I go. Yeah. Putting my life in the hands of this mm. yeah. you know, this person here.
3: I think that's why I resonated with the the first couple minutes of the message as opposed to Allison's last couple of minutes. So now you have to listen to the first couple of minutes, too. <laughs> because... Uh,
2: so it sounds like i got to work on the middle part of my message. <laughs> I can get the opening well, and the have, closing really have, good. We, There's just not a lot in the middle. We haven't heard That's from Hayden right. yet.
3: You never know. I'm,
2: Hayden I'm, might I'm cover that. I'm t- taking some notes here on my phone real quick.
3: Yeah, work do. on, the, on the hamburger
2: part. of You got the two buns down. Yeah, work you on the, need the hamburger Work on the, work on the patty, Scott. The work patties. on the patty. Work on the patty. That's a good education yeah. term. That's the way we teach kids to write. Yes, yes.
3: No, I think for me, when you just said Onesimus, that... The thing that you said uh, at the beginning—you've never fallen so much that you can't be forgiven. Yeah, you're mm. never so fallen you can't. You're never yeah. so fallen that you can't. That that resonated to me, perhaps because I would tend to be the see myself as unismus and that also, and having a tendency to think, oh no, this can't be fixed, and that that God would say, oh no, I've actually paid the price for that too, was really impactful to me. Uh, wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think the other part of Onesimus to me is that if he was a runaway, here he is running away, trying to live this life of freedom and think he's gained it. Yeah. And then he encounters Paul, who's in chains as a prisoner, preaching, "I'm free." Yeah. I guarantee you that was like this cross section (laughs) that he finally realized, "Oh, I'm. I truly am not free. No. I'm fooling myself." And I wonder, and I know there's been points in my life where I fooled myself about how free I thought I was of something. Wow. And Christ says, "Go. Hold on a second. You really aren't free."
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: Can you imagine how it feels to have someone advocate for you on the level that Paul did? I mean, I know wow. we have a spiritual advocate too, mm-hmm. but even just taking it down to humanity, somebody willing to stand in the gap for you, make a, an argument for your mm-hmm. freedom and um say charge everything to me. Like do it do it for me. I'm telling you that this person is worth forgiving. Mm. and if i mean anything to you put it on me you know like yeah. if you yeah. can believe anything do it for me
2: and that's where i hope that i i wish that i could have created more of that picture cuz what i was really trying to do is that paul really put him himself into an earthly picture of what jesus does for us day in and day out amen he he's constantly doing that for us to Satan, to uh, to others, saying, no, I know what he is, but I, I, I stand in front of him. I carry the debt. I find him valuable, worthy, useful, and he's free. So don't put that on him anymore. And I think that's what Paul was trying to see to Philemon is, now you see me doing this for Onesimus, now I need you to replicate that and do the same. Because I love you and I know you will. Because you don't think you're able to do it, But God knows you're able to do it because Mm. you've received it from Him. And everything you've received from Him as a believer, you are capable of giving back. It's just a matter if you're choosing to or not. Right. Right. Wow.
3: Yeah. Wow. There's some real value in editor. So forgiveness sets us free to be those
2: things. Yes. Yes. But do we embrace that forgiveness the way that we should? What,
0: What was that phrase? It wasn't in, I don't think it was in the manuscript when you sent it to me on Thursday or Friday. But you had said it, and I think you have either said it before, I've heard it somewhere else, but uh, I think it's like forgiveness is setting the captive free, but realizing you've been the captive all along. Something along those lines?
2: Yes, forgiveness is setting the prisoner free. Prisoner. Okay. And discovering you were the prisoner all along.
0: Yeah. Have you used that before here at Arbor?
2: M- maybe. I've used that yeah. phrase a lot when it comes to forgiveness. It's okay. It's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. So I probably have said it here before.
1: And the other one is the drinking the poison one. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, from the yeah. book
2: The Shack right yeah.
0: that's right I like that quote yeah. as well yeah yeah you have some very memorable some memorable lines Scott when you come up and preach because I heard that and I'd heard it before but I think just hearing it in this context I was like wow I've never I've never truly thought about the work that that is right is forgiveness is one thing that we think about of like oh, I just need to this is the right thing to do right is to forgive somebody and and let them not necessarily off the hook but Say that we're good, but then the second part of forgiveness is what's happening internally.
2: Yeah, because what at least what I've learned in my journey with forgiveness is that um, my my former mother in law, my wife's ex wife's mom, Sarah Holmes, always said something. She always said, um, "Acceptance brings peace." And I always used to wrestle with that. I didn't like that. I'm like, well, Mm. I'm not gonna accept wrong. I'm not gonna accept something. She goes, and she'd be like, I don't mean you accept the wrongness of it, but if you accept something in Christ and you look at it through that lens, that's your only path forward to peace. And I thought about her always saying that for years now. And so I take that into the context of um, forgiveness in that forgiveness opens the gateway for you to truly encounter peace and contentment with whatever harm and traumas come to you. And it doesn't make sense in the moment because you feel like, especially if it's been wrong and evil done to you, it feels like you're justifying or giving an okay for what happened, Mm. but that's not it. It's the idea that I'm gonna not let that be to me what evil intended it to be. But that is much, I mean, we can sit here and say that, but that journey is oftentimes years. Oh, I was mm.
1: just going to say it's not a one and done. No. It, like oh. it oh. opens the gateway oh, no. and continual. wow, I step in and now I'm yeah. done. It's yeah. like nope, it's yeah. a a destination. I was telling Cliff earlier about a friend who had spoken into my life and she's just said, "Your destination is forgiveness. I see you moving in that direction. Just keep going and do mm. like the next right thing, but you need yeah. to be heading in that direction and you know eventually you'll get there kind of thing
2: it's a topic that comes up a lot in our my men's group aftermath about you know there's a lot of guys in that group that have gone through divorce for a variety of reasons some on their own faults some because they've had wrong done to them but particularly for people that have had wrong done for them in that group it's the idea of when can you get to a point to forgive the person that hurts you because if you can do that, it doesn't mean there's reconciliation, doesn't mean that there's any of that, but that continual journey of learning to live in forgiveness will bring you that peace and freedom. And that's what I was trying to say, that because, he is, because we are forgiven by Christ, we are free. And we think we're living in that freedom, but are we truly living in the full freedom that there is to offer?
0: Wow.
1: So would you say that if somebody was like, yes, I'm living in that freedom, I've been forgiven, um, but you don't offer it to somebody else, then you're not really free. You, like well, you, you can't just expi- went deep
2: right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I would think that... Let me rephrase. What I heard you ask, Allison, was that if you tell somebody, I feel I'm living in the freedom, I feel like I've been forgiven, yet that person is withholding forgiveness from somebody else. Um. I think I would say to them is you may say you're living in freedom, but are you reciprocating that same freedom and opportunity Mm. to somebody else? Mm. Because by withholding forgiveness from somebody, whether you see it or not, that is a chain of the enemy. That's a stronghold that they could have in your life that you may not see the visible elements of right now. But it, it will come back around. And that's why it's not just a one and done, like you said, it's a continual journey. Bible says, if you go to the altar, remember you have an offense against somebody, go and set it right. And wow. if you are holding, withholding forgiveness from somebody for whatever valid reason you have, my, my encouragement would be, you need to go to Christ first and wrestle through that. Because I don't think you ever are going to encounter the true freedom and value not only of yourself, but of other people in the way he wants you to view people. Mm
3: So, uh, Scott, you had, you said during the message that, um, I think this topic of forgiveness could actually very easily be a series. And, uh, in fact, I think it kind of deserves that. So what would you, what would you do? What would you suggest that series look like? And, and, uh, I know, obviously, we can't get to all the information, but kind of the, the pieces that you say, man, we, we should talk about it from this perspective, this one, this one, or this one.
0: That's a great
3: question.
2: Man, and I, I just want to say right now that I am not the expert on forgiveness. <laughs> I don't want people to think that they're listening to this podcast. You spoke on it, man. I know you are. I just you want are. to say, yeah. I'm, re- I'm not trying to do false yeah. humility here. I've, you know, this has been a journey for no. me as well. For me, I think, and I'm just going off experience of the, you know, the support and camaraderie I've had with many people that have been hurt is that for me, the first thing is breaking down what it is not. And that doesn't seem like the, the logical entryway, but so many people have defenses up about what their perception of forgiveness is that I believe if we can dismantle the perceptions, it opens up a willingness to hear more. Because when you tell somebody, for example, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. It means you will never forget and you may never fully lose the hurt and trauma of the wrong done to you. And the minute you say that to somebody, there's almost like this, oh, they get it. They're not telling me that it's just going to be gone and butterflies and rainbows. But I think if you dismantle the, you know, the, the perceptions people have of what God means to forgive or the church or we do, then you can open the doorway to usher in what is forgiveness And it's really more about releasing yourself from allowing, like Joseph what you meant for evil, God can do for good. And we can't see that ever oftentimes, and it still takes a journey to get there. But that's to me where I would start from that point, then usher in what is forgiveness, and then you can tackle the how, the why, and all of that. Lisa Turkhurst
1: did a great series. I just did it this winter trimester with a group. It was called um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And um, she laid it out in a six-week, six easy weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Six-step approach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my gosh, the grueling homework that we had to do though, it was not easy. It should have been a 12-week course. But um, yeah, she's been through some heartache herself and uh, almost lost a marriage over it. And God has reconciled their marriage. But in she wrote all this material before she knew how it was going to end up. So you know, it, it wasn't easy. But I'd highly recommend it. um, Unless we're going to teach it here and then scrap Lisa Turkhurst just tune into Arbor. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it here.
0: That'll yep. all be during Scott's six-week forgiveness series. Yes. <laughs> well, or six to 12 weeks. Six I think to 12 I heard weeks. weeks. I heard Just Allison say, Book yeah. me up.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suddenly think my calendar is full. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gone till September. <laughs> well, and the problem is
1: you know that God would give you homework, you know, mm. of the kind where you actually have to practice it yourself. <laughs> exactly. Real time, oh, it's man. like there's oh, a lecture and lab, yeah. and I always think, this is the lab, you know, I'm
3: doing the... <laughs> Dude, it, that is so true, isn't it, Allison? Yes, I mean, I, every that, time. You know, I mean, I don't know what you're teaching on on Mother's Day, but I hope you picked well, because yeah. uh, actually, I was... Prosperity, <sighs> somebody, prosperity. Prosperity is what you're teaching <laughs> on.
2: I have threatened how the to Holy manage, Spirit with how that to, more How than to once. manage imminent riches. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Test me in this, Lord. <laughs> help me,
3: Lord, help me deal with all this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have found that so true that, oh. that, uh, that I, I was talking to somebody about, it, about that, and I said, and I said I'm, not, I'm not teaching two weeks from now or something. So I think a friend had asked me if I was going to be teaching. They might stop in or something. And I said, well, no, I won't be. Uh, we got a guy who's actually teaching on forgiveness, and I'm really thankful it's not me. <laughs> And they, and they said, "Why?" And I said, "Man, because God so just works. works me over so on those." That's how it deals. Works.
2: You and, Alice and everybody look down the yes, list, and they go, do. "Okay, yes, yeah. yes, give this one to Scott." Such a yours. It doesn't surprise me. I've been the first for many things here. The yeah. first video thing. the You're first a guinea, pig, I am the guinea
0: pig, man. I'm excited to hear your uh, oh. sermon on giving in two weeks. That'll be great. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious! You,
2: you know what? Though going back to that, what you just said, um, I. It, I'm I'm serious this week coming up to leading to the message um I just I was like feeling really down on myself just about my area of forgiveness that I struggle with is not so much forgiveness of others I'm almost too quick to do that at times mine is letting myself be forgiven and living mm. in that forgiveness because when I go back to something I look back and I'm like oh man I messed up in that again I didn't make the best financial decision there again or i missed that opportunity man i'm telling you what that is like the the rock on my head the enemy just uses to push me down i felt that heavily this week and it took me a lot of work just to get to the point of you you are forgiven you just need to live in that forgiveness mm-hmm. but i'm telling you that is hard for some Ooh. people and that's for me right there that's the harder parts so of forgiveness is me living in it towards myself
3: You know, you know, I had a really interesting experience with that personally, where because that I find the same thing. I find the same thing. I'm much harder on myself, and I remember praying one time about that. It was, um, it was, it was actually after I, I I was out of prison, and I'm praying about Lord, how come I can't get past this? You know, I'm and and uh, I've asked for forgiveness. I know you've forgiven me, and the Holy Spirit said, "I forgave you ten years ago. When are you going to forgive yourself?" Yeah, and and I went, "Oh my goodness." And then he said, "Do you think you are better than me as far as justice goes?" <laughs> wow. And I went, "Oh, so you hold your standard higher than you think mine is. You just said you could ex- you knew I forgave you, but you had a hard time forgiving yourself. Like wow. you are thinking your standard of justice is higher than mine?" Oh, that just it just cut me to the quick, man. I just went, "Oh, lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry." And I because I I, I fight with that. You know, yeah. uh, and and somehow I think I'm I'm better because of that, really. Right. Mm. But I do, you know. I, I mean, I hate to admit it. This isn't. This is. We're not recording this, right? <laughs> I'm, I, just uh, I I'm can loud, stop recording. <laughs> there's,
2: only 50, there's only 55 people that'll. Watch. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> just bleep it out. Nobody
2: yeah. will tell
0: anybody Put else. Put a black so bar over yeah. his face, over his eyes. Distort your voice, blur it. Yeah, I can do. I can do some shadows on. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh. You uh, brought up
1: an interesting thing, though. What was it? Oh the joys of aging um, it was sorry reverse rewind
0: to what I said or mm-hmm. what Cliff said
1: no would he just end on he was talking
0: herself. about uh, oh God gobbled- I know
1: I know but. what it was so many people in my uh, forgiveness Bible study had a hard time forgiving somebody who's not alive anymore to apologize oh, and wow. so the um, when you said I said I was sorry that 's what stirred that in me mm. but sometimes you need to forgive someone who isn't in a position to ask for your forgiveness mm. or to make things right um, so I know I'm or doesn't even rabbit trailing because yeah. this is yeah. not the case in Philemon right so, but. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: but complications but
2: part of me wonders did Philemon think he needed to be forgiven for anything Philemon himself oh wow probably a not Different angle yeah you know, but that's a whole different trail to talk about. What is it that Philemon needed to seek forgiveness from Onesimus for? Wow. That's a whole other conversation in that. Max looks. could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do we know of the rest of the story? What do we know about the, these, these guys afterwards?
2: Well, I think I hinted
1: Scott,
0: can it. I stop you real fast? Yeah. Can you uh, raise your microphone? Yeah. Thank you.
2: I think I hinted at it more in second service about what happened to both of them. And you can piece a few things. Onesimus becomes quite involved in Paul's ministry. and You can see his name pop up through several of his books and things. And then if you go to um, some historians of the day, some of them talk of the, the leader of the church in the Colossae area is Onesimus. Whether that's the same Onesimus or not can be up for debate, but I've always found it interesting to be like, if Paul called him, because the only other person Paul really calls his son is Timothy. And you know Timothy was like being groomed to lead. And so, you know, that's where I wonder if the journey through that was Philemon realizing God has a plan for Onesimus. And until I restored and did forgiveness here. What was my part in God's plan here? So that I become less and you become more. And that's the story of Christ right there. He did not attain, God had something to be grasped, but took on the very role of man. So he became less so that we could become more in him. So that's where I tend to think it played out. Mm. Wow.
1: Love it. One thing I learned that was new uh, was that the book of Colossians was letter written at the same time by Paul, delivered by the same courier service <laughs> yeah. Onesimus and he delivered both letters, Philemon and the book of Colossians
2: and then he had at to at the same time Sure, that passage I didn't about forgiveness that whole line of their legal indebtedness is gone yeah connected to the letter Philemon wrote he's like So he was really putting, and I think he did that to Philemon because he trusted the level of integrity and man of God that Philemon was, that I can talk to you this way. You don't see Paul do that too directly with many other individuals. It's more of a church body. But I think that says something about just having people in your life you know that can look at and you go, okay, Cliff, what's going on here?
1: So two fourteen, Colossians two fourteen. He, Jesus, canceled the record of the charges against us, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I loved, I loved the crossover, the transfer there. Yeah, that was awesome. Transferable learning.
0: <laughs> well, we've hit the half hour mark, so I think it's time that we wrap up. Um,
1: oh, you didn't ask your famous question.
0: Last time I tried to, Scotts, so I didn't like that. Question. No, you can ask I famous, love it. the famous. What's <laughs> <question? laughs> yeah, the what what like famous question? I love you have you, to now. The whole audience <laughs> is waiting. So yeah. go for it. Hey. What are uh, what are some of the things you might have had to cut out, if there was any? Um, I think I just shared one about
2: how the story kind of wrapped up in the possibility. And I know that's yeah. some creative interpretation, but what happened there? To me, the fact that Onesimus continues to be mentioned shows that. Philemon and him got to a place where that wasn't going to be a barrier in ministry anymore. And that speaks to volumes of that. I think the other thing that time didn't allow to go into, which would be a whole nother, whole nother thing, I think there's a whole topic in there around slavery and the equality of man that for a long time the church has said, well, the Bible doesn't address slavery. I think Philemon does very directly. Mm -hmm. And if you don't look at it through a certain lens, you're going to miss that. And when he says, no longer as a slave, but as a fellow man and a brother, there's a tiered approach there that Paul's taking that I wonder, forcing Philemon to relook the whole idea of owning slaves. And I think there's a whole conversation in there to have Mm. that Paul addresses through some other books. So those are a lot of things that if you ever did a book study on Philemon, that I think there's a lot of things in there... In that short book that there's just such meat in theology yeah
3: there's something else that we talked about on the phone that I that I uh, that you couldn't put in because of all this stuff and it's what wind up on the cutting room floor is is uh, the idea that that forgiveness could actually be selfish in a way because it sets us free so if we're just are smart enough to know I need to be free here (laughs) we'd be willing to forgive and that forgiveness sets us free and then in so many different areas I mean, uh, tying that back into the ones that you did, that you hit, it sets us free to be worthy, to be valued, to be. And, uh, but it also sets us free from all the stuff that binds us. Yeah. That, uh, that, was, that was great that, that, you know, you can't get to it all.
2: So. Well, I think it sets us free to view people in a way that maybe we can't on our own. Yeah. Because, and mm-hmm. that's what I think is great about learning to forgive people and trying to see them through the lens that Paul saw in and Paul saw Philemon and Jesus sees us.
3: Yeah, this was a great question, Hayden. Way to go!
2: I'm <laughs> sorry that I ever said I question. didn't like that question. <laughs> I do like that question, Hayden. I'm sorry. Never That's give up. On it that. must have been the
0: question Brian's at, Brian asked. That was what it was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Brian's known for that. I love well, you, Brian. <laughs> um, any other questions before we close things down? Wow. All right.
2: There's Nobody in the audience this time, none of my friends trying to yell a question. Heckling. In the back yeah. row, heckling, yeah.
0: If there's one thing you take away from this podcast is remember that Scott has great buns, just not a solid patty, right? Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, you cannot put that in the podcast. You wow. edit that before.
2: Wow. wow.
1: I can't unhear that. No. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> he made the joke himself, okay? I was doing the reference of like the writing thing. You've never yeah. seen the writing analogy in the yeah. classroom. I was there's, talking about your sermons. You have great buns on your sermon, and then okay, let's not yeah. say it again. Okay, <laughs> sorry, so, sorry. Do you forgive
2: him?
1: You know what? Charge it against me. Charge it against you're me. you're responsible if there's this, anything for this <laughs>
2: nonsense going on in here right now. <laughs> Charge it against uh. me, Scott. All right. Well, I will will remember that quote. That was pretty good, Hayden. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Um, Well, let's wrap things up. Um, Next week, we have who in the pulpit? Cliff. The big man. The big man. What's the topic?
3: The greatest news of all love. All right. Love. So I'm going to enjoy this next week. Good.
2: (laughs) Thank you. See, this is how they do this.
3: (laughs) It is how they do this. (laughs)
2: Sorry,
1: Uh. (laughs) you're a little scapegoat.
2: (laughs) It's all
0: good. I'm good with it. (laughs) It's my penance in life. (laughs) Well, join us in person or online this Sunday to hear uh, Scott's, sorry, Cliff's message on the greatest news of all. Um, And you can find the follow up for that message on Facebook and YouTube uh, next Wednesday. Other than that, we will uh, see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not the only